KMTT, Ki, Mitzion, Tetzei Torah. And today is Monday, regular Shia of Harav Moshe Taragin about Tefillah. Harav Taragin. As I had mentioned in a previous Shia, Tefillah is built, the experience of Tefillah is built on the model of Korbanos, in part, not just the precedent of the Avos. And the world of Korbanos is extremely regimented, extremely structured, and that structure and discipline is a reflection of a human being, mortal and flawed, standing in front of the Malach Malachim Lachim in his presence. And that encounter has to be dictated by regulation and strict protocol. Nadav and Avihu are punished or not so much punished as much as made an example of Bikravaya Kadesh, in part because they uh, feel too comfortable, too familiar in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They initiate an unsolicited or unregulated Karban and After all, it's a unique time, it's a unique moment in the history of um, the revelation of Shechina and special times call for special korbanas in their mind and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak restores the fear and the awe that should characterize man's presence in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Tefillah as it is built on the experience of the template of korbanos exhibits similar rigidity and the rigidity is probably best expressed in the timing of tefillos, the strict timing a person would expect to daven any time, any place, pour his heart out, yet there are very clear zmane tefillos, and the sensitivity of tefillah to schedule lay at the heart of the great debate and controversy, the polemical discussions between Hasidim and Misnagdim, one of the sore areas to Misnagdim, one of the supposed violations of Hasidim was the violation of time scheduling. Hasidim were daven beyond the halachically tolerable time of tefillah, in part because they prepared for tefillah so extensively, so seriously, other reasons as well. But there's another area in which tefillah displays rigidity, and it's not just the timing but the actual text, the actual liturgy of our tefillahs. In fact, one may claim that the textual rigidity is not just a product of tefillahs being built on the template of korbanos, but on something larger, beyond korbanos, independent of korbanos. The source for this rigidity is a pasuk in Tehillim Kuf Chavav, cited by a Gemara in Megillah. The Gemara in Megillah questions, Amongst them many prophets, they instituted the liturgy of Tefillah, Shimon HaPikuli Maihizdir. Shimon HaPikuli was the Tana who um, institutionalized the text of our liturgy. If it was already institutionalized, by the Anshak and Esagadola, what was Shimon Apikuli's function? So the Gemara says, Shachachum v'chazer v'sidrum. At some point, 
the transmission of the original liturgy of the Anshe Knesset HaGadol from the days of the first Beis HaMikdash, that transmission was compromised. Shimon Apikule restored the original authentic text. Then the Gemara concludes having assigned Shimon Apikule or designated Shimon Apikule as the restorer of the original text of Tefillah. The Gemara concludes, Mikan ve'elech asur l'saper Hashem. Having already completed davening, a person is not allowed to engage in further independent or spontaneous, so to speak, ad-libbing of tefillah. Mikan ve'elech asur l'saper b'shvacho shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu de'amar Rebbe Lazar mai dechsiv mi yemalel givrot Hashem yashmia kol tehilaso pasakin tehillim Kufchavav, who should speak, who should sing the praises of Akadish Baruchu, Yashmiya Kalti Laso, he should voice all of Akadish Baruchu's traits. So the Gemara articulates Lemi Noel Lisaper, Lemi Noel Malel Gvoros Hashem, who is the one that's suitable, Lemi Shiachol Lahashmiya Kalti Laso, only someone who could fully encompass. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's traits and characteristics, and being that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is infinite, and His traits are infinite, inherently no one is capable of fully encompassing the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore, almost as if the Pasuk in Tehillim urges us not to indulge in excessive praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because that may be insulting, as it were. If a person only mentions partial praise, that may be deemed an insult. The Gemara later quotes a different pasuk in Tehillim: "Lacha dumia tehila." For you, Hashem, silence is praise, because silence implies our inability to fully capture Hakadosh Baruch Hu's infinite majesty. The Gemara is a bit harsh. A little bit later in the Gemara Megillah: "Amar Rabba Bar Barchana, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Hamesaper b'shvachoshel Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Yoser Midai, person who extends in self-driven and unregulated praise of Hakadosh Baruch Hu." Ne'akar min ha'olam is removed from this world because it seems to border on blasphemy. The suggestion that the human mind, and in this case the human tongue, the human convention, the human comprehension, can capture the Rabboni Shalom, that the human tongue can articulate, describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu's praise, that itself is an arrogant and theologically dangerous position. And therefore, the Gemara in Megillah suggests we should be conservative. We should be minimalist. We have to daven, of course. And our davening stems from the Anshin Knesset HaGadola's institutional text, institutionalized text, based on certain precedents, based on the precedent of the Avosin theory, not the actual text which they employed, but their experience of tefillah, Based on texts of David HaMelech, we begin Pesukei Dezimra Uvishirei David Avdecha Nehalel Hashem Elokeinu B'Shvachos Vizmiros. We begin Pesukei Dezimra with the bracha of Baruch Shamar, and we conclude Pesukei Dezimra with the Baruch of Ishtabach. Each of which reminds us that we are merely invoking the Pesukim of David HaMelech Uvishirei David Avdecha Nehalel Hashem Elokeinu B'Shvachos Vizmiros. We do not veer from the precedent of David HaMelech, for we fear. This would violate the Gemara's principle of Lachadumiyatihila. It would violate the principle of Miyamalel Gvirot Hashem So, Then engaging in the praise of Akarish Baruch Hu demands full encompassing, and that's impossible given the infinity of Akarish Baruch Hu. 
Or, as the Gemara in Brachos records, a very interesting story. Hahudinachas, it's a Gemara in Brachos, Daflam and Gimel. A certain Shliach Tzibor began to daven Kamed Rebbe Chanina, in the presence of Rebbe Chanina. Again, as I mentioned in earlier Shia, the verb describing a person ascending, or actually assuming the Shliach Tzibor role, the verb is described as Dinachas, he descended, because in many shuls, the the um, the location, the area where the Shliach Tzibor stood was slightly depressed and on decline in order to capture the attitude and the posture of Shir HaMalos Mima'amakim that we should daven from a position or an attitude of dependency, of fragility. So, a certain Baal began to descend to the location of the Shliach Tzibor in the presence of Rabbi Hanina. Amar, he began to be very um, floral, very expansive, very imaginative in his praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Amar, HaKel, HaGadol, HaGibor, VeHanara, HaAdir, HaIzuz, HaYaroy, HaChazak, HaMitzah, Vadaya, Nechbad. He added many different phrases or praises about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Himtin lo adesim. Rabbi Hanina waited until he finished this very verbose list. Kisim, when he had concluded, Amrlei, Sir Rabbi Hanina questioned him, almost in astonishment. Siam tinu lekulishvacha demarach. Have you fully captured Hakadosh Baruch Hu's praise? Lameli kuluhai. Why are you being so indulgent? Anan, we normal people. Hani tlas deamrinon. The big three which we constantly utter. Gadol. Gibar and Nara, Hani Tlas, these three, Ilav the Amrinu Mashra Beinu Biaraisa had Moshe not mentioned it in the Pasuk and the Tara, Hakel Agadala Gibar Vianara, Asher Loisa Fanim Velaikach Shochad, to Pasuk and Akev. The Asuan Shekines Sagadala Vitakninu, and based on Moshe's precedent, the Anshekines Sagadala locked in these three as the praises which we are allowed to utter because Moshe Rabbeinu, the Ishelokim, coined them, but if not for that, that dual reality, Moshe Rabbeinu's employment and the Anshekines Sagadala institutionalizing it, had those two events not occurred, lo lehu, we would not be able to even begin to praise Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The at is kulahai, the azlas, and you are, as it were, devising your own scheme, introducing your own praises. Mashallah Melech would be equivalent to a king. Shailo elaf alafim din rezav, who has thousands and thousands of gold ducats of gold coins. And yet, a person chooses to praise his copper or his silver. That would be insulting because you understate, you minimalize that person's affluence by describing his silver rather than addressing his gold. Similarly, in our attempt to describe a Kaddish Baruch Hu, since we can fully encompass, as the Gemara and Megillah Yudches suggests, since we can't fully encompass it, anything less is an insult. And not just an insult, but one could call it blasphemy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why the Gemara in Megillah on Yudches describes Ne'akar Minholam, that person is severely, severely punished. So these are the two Gemaras, the Gemara in Megillah Yudches and the Gemara in Brachos and Gimel, which address the, the inner dilemma of Tefillah, as it were. On the one hand, the human soul yearns for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and yearns for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not just to lodge his requests, but to praise, to glorify, to articulate a Kaddish Baruch Hu, you come into contact with something otherworldly, transcendent, and breathtaking in general. One of the ways we sort of deal with that experience, engage in that experience, is trying to articulate the beauty that we behold, the, the exhilarating experience. Allah has come of a kama. When a person encounters a Kaddish Baruch Hu, 
there's a deep desire to praise, to glorify his creator, Avinu Makenu. On the other hand, the human mind is limited in its ability to comprehend the Kaddish Baruch The terms with which the human mind thinks and articulates its thought are finite terms. They have absolutely no application to a Kaddish Baruch The only word in the human mind, in the human vocabulary, that can describe a Kaddish Baruch is the word not, because everything else is culled from human experience and by definition is incompatible with a Kaddish Baruch And being that we are unable, so the dilemma almost fuels the energy of tefillah. Practically, we have to say something. We're human beings. We think in words. We articulate ourselves in words. So we choose words that have been already institutionalized, already established, be they words which Moshe Rabbeinu employed to describe Bakarish Baruch Hukel, Hagadol, Hagibar, Vihanara, words which were later institutionalized by Nevi'im, who served in the Anshei Knesset Hagadol, the prophets who served in the Great Assembly in the days of the first Beit HaMikdash, or the phrases in Psukim of David HaMelech, but we do not ad-lib. Interestingly enough, as an aside, there's a Yishalmi in Brachos, in Parak Ches, in which Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman actually quotes the Pasuk of Mi Yimalel Gevoros Hashem, and he says, Mi Yimalel Gevoros Hashem, Kegonani V'chaverai. Me and my colleagues, my colleagues and I, have that capacity. So at least one um, probably a, a an Amara, at least one Amara, did feel confident praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not recorded exactly whether he veered from the strict liturgical um, regiment, whether he actually used this Pasuk as license to articulate his own praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or he was just expressing confidence that his tefillah would be heartfelt, successful, imaginative, but he still retained the textual rigidity. But clearly, in spirit, his read of this Pasuk in Tehillim Kufchavav is diametrically opposed to the Gemara, the Bavli's read in Yudches. The Bavli in Megillah Yudches suggests the Pasuk almost as if a rhetorical question. Mi Amalel Gevros Hashem, the only person who's fit to articulate the praise, Yeshmiya Koltil, so only someone who can fully encompass it, being that that is impossible by definition, no one, even a great sage, even a great davener, would be included in this Miyamalel. Whereas the Shalmi in Brachos records Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman's statement suggesting that unique personalities can ascend, can arise, and achieve the status of Miyamalel, Givarot Hashem, Yashmiya But being that as it may, it's clear that in the Bavli there is a prejudice against, or a predisposition against personal ad-libbing, personal creativity in tefillah, as evidenced by that story in Brachos Lamed Gimel Lamed Beis, the Baal tefillah, who davened in the presence of Rabbi Chanina, or as evidenced by Gemara in Brachos on Daf Samachalaf, towards the, the, the end of Brachos. Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rav Mishum Rabbi Meir, Leolam Yehei Devarav Shel Adam Muatim Lefnei HaKadosh Baruch The words of man should be limited, restrained in the presence of Hashem. Again, this is not a pasuk which describes tefillah per se, but words of man directed at a Kodesh Baruch Hu or articulated in the presence of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Shenemar al tevahel al picha ve'libcha yimaher lo tzidavah lefnei ha'elokim ki ha'elokim ma'shamayim v'yatal ha'aretz ha'ken yudivarecha me'atim But it captures the same spirit of the previously cited Gemarot of limiting the verbal um, creativity of man in the presence of a Kodesh Baruch Hu so as not to achieve 
too high a degree of comfort or familiarity and retain that sense of awe in the presence of the transcendent Almighty. Now, what's fascinating about liturgical or textual rigidity is it may differ depending on what part of tefillah a person engages in. Rigidity in, in general liturgy is a value unto of itself, independent of tefillah, independent of standing in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and articulating His praise. For example, the Gemara in Brachos, Daf Memo and Beis, records an interesting machlokas. According to Rabbi Meir, a person can exert a certain degree of latitude in constructing personal brachos. Say a person sees bread, ra'apas, ve'amar, and he claims, kama na'apas zu, how tasty, how attractive this bread is. Barach hamakum Instead of reciting the classic, barach ha'tashem, lokeinu melech olam, he constructs his own bracha. Ra'ateina, he sees a fig, ve'amar kama na'ateina zu, barach hamakum shebara, yatsa. Rabbi Meir feels that there is latitude that can be extended in the recital of Berchzenen. And certainly that latitude and flexibility could only galvanize a bracha, a personal, spontaneous, authentic bracha, is obviously more heartfelt and passionate, or at least is easier to be more authentic because a person has constructed it based on personal style, intuition, diction. Rabbi Yossi argues, Rabbi Yossi says, and by and large this is our ruling, kol Chachamim coined a certain form of a bracha, and we are not allowed to alter it. So, uniformity or flexibility is already raised outside of the context of davening. A bracha sanenin is not a moment of tefillah per se. Obviously, we're praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we're not standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the way that tefillah entails a encounter a unique rendezvous between limited mortal man and the transcendent divine. And therefore, one would have expected Rabbi Meir's position to be a little bit more compelling. Outside of tefillah, we may grant greater flexibility, greater um, uh, potential, greater latitude, greater freedom. And yet, even in this context, Rabbi Yossi claims that uniformity and conformity of language and of syntax is crucial. And that uniformity can be Realized or appreciated on many fronts, not just theologically, but to create order and protocol within a community of of of, of uh, practitioners of orthodoxy, to create some degree of acceptance of Chazal's authority. So, this question of whether the texts we recite within religious frameworks should be open to personal imprint and personal conjugation or should be formulated in universally applicable terms is a question independent of the theological implications of tefillah. Um, interestingly, that, that, that social element or the societal element seems to factor very heavily in a Mishnah in Brachos in the end of the first parak. The Mishnah is describing Kriyashma and its associated Brachos and Again, Kriya Shema is not necessarily an integral part of davening and happens to be scheduled within tefillah, prior to tefillah. But essentially, it isn't the Shevach of which I spoke before, and it isn't the Shemon of which I will speak in a few moments in Mirz Hashem. But even regarding the brachas of Kriya Shema, the Mishnah concludes 
that makom she'amru laharich ene rashoi lekatzer brachos which Chazal wanted us to issue briefer brachos more concise brachos whether that means the absence of the word baruch in the end of the bracha or just generally compacted text but if the bracha was meant to be a brief bracha ene rashoi lekatzer I'm sorry, if the bracha was meant to be long, you can't um, compact it. Lekatzer was meant to be compacted. Lachtam, if a person has, if you're in a place with a minag or a bracha where the minag is to conclude with the word barach, you can't omit the word barach. So here as well, Chazal seem to be battling deviance in brachos. And it seems as if there were different locations and different customs. So on the one hand, the Gemara, the Mishnah, was sensitive to flexibility, flexibility based on different locale. On the other hand, given those differences, those customs have to be maintained and adhered to. So, even beyond tefillah per se, this question of lending tefillah greater spontaneity, greater energy, by personalizing it, as opposed to maintaining the rigidity, the regiment of tefillah, to maintain that awareness that we stand in front of a Kurdish Baruch Hu, the awe that must suffuse that encounter, the recognition that our minds and our tongues are flawed in their attempt to describe the Rabboni Shalom, these issues seem to exist in Brachos as well. What's fascinating about the Gemara, as I stated earlier, the Gemara in Megillah, Yudchas, and the Gemara in Brachos, Lamed Gimel, is that each of these Gemaras appear to address the question of Shevach, of praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And as I mentioned earlier, both Gemaras seem to heavily favor a conservative and minimalist approach based on the Pasuk, As we move from Shevach to the world of Tefillah proper, to the world of Bakasha, to what we would refer to as Shimon Esrei, here the dilemma becomes a bit different, the balance becomes a bit different, and I think Chazal seem to assert greater flexibility, greater latitude. After all, Shevach is an attempt of the human mind and the human tongue to describe Kuchibrichu. There, in that context, the notion of mi malel givrot Hashem is extremely compelling. To describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the infinite magic, the creator of the entire universe, that's a very heady an ambitious task. And if we can't complete the task, we may not be able to finish it, or, excuse me, to start it. When it comes to the world of Bakasha, we are not describing Hashem as much as requesting human needs of Him. We are lodging our own interests. So perhaps the flexibility, the indulgence, the excessive tfilos would not be as troubling. After all, mentioned earlier in this series the Gemara in Brachos Lamed Beis Kaveh El Hashem Chazak V'yametzibecha V'kaveh El Hashem a Pasuk which the Gemara infers the notion of Ribui Tefillah from to engage in Tefillah excessively to be persistent in Tefillah the whole notion of Tefillah Sneila stems from this concept that we don't just daven but we especially during times of crisis we extend ourselves and daven beyond the typical schedule so can that attitude infiltrate our Shemona and allow um, create creative, spontaneous additions to Shemona Here, the issue is a bit more murky. 
The source of this question stems from a mission in Brachos Daf Chavches, in which Rebbe Lazar says, "Haoset tefilaso keva, ein tefilaso tachanunim." If a person renders his tefila as keva, keva means permanent, um, inst- almost institutionalized, routine, set, fixed. His tefillah will not be tachanunim, where the assumption is that tachanunim is more than just a genre, supplication and petition, but a, a grade of tefillah. Tefillah of tachanunim, spirited, heartfelt, pleading, is seen as a higher caliber. And the experience of keva imperils the caliber of tefillah which tachanunim demands. A similar mission in Avos. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Uchshatam Mispala, when you daven altas tfilascha keva, ela rachamim vitachanunim lefnehamakam. So the same contrast between the stoic or sterile experience of keva and the heartfelt and energetic experience of rachamim and tachanunim. And this would seem to be the simple reading of the Mishnah. Or as the Gemara in Brachos, based on that Mishnah, on Dav Chavtes, offers, my Keva, Amar Rabbi Yaakov Bar'idi, Amar Rabbi Oshaya, Kol Shetfilasal, Dome Alav Kimaso. If it becomes so routine, so daily, so regimented, that it's this heavy weight that you have to dispense of and, and just get by. Rabbanan Amri, the Rabbanan had a different, slightly related view called Misha'ino Omra Bolashan Tachanunim, not just attitudinally how you see your tefillah, but are you able to verbalize the supplicating nature of tefillah to sense the rachamim that a person solicits from the Rabbanan Shalom? So the basic source doesn't speak of creativity in text, it rather speaks of attitude. Emotion. Does a person address tefillah as this burden that has to be uh, bypassed, or at least obligation that has to be fulfilled, or it's an opportunity to engage in a conversation with the Rabbana Shalom in a passionate and emotional, emotive manner? <clears throat> However, there is one opinion that to avoid keva and to achieve tachanunim, tefillah has to be personalized textually, syntactically. Ramba Rabbi Yosef, the Gemara in Brachos, cites a third opinion. Again, according to Rabbi Yaakov Bar'idi, in the name of Rabbi Oshaya, as long as your tefillah isn't a maso, isn't a burden, then it has escaped the definition of keva. It is a higher grade. According to the Rabbanon, as long as you om tachanunim, you say it in a supplicating fashion. Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef have a different demand. Rabbi Rabbi Yosef, Dami Tervayu, kol she'ino yachol lachadesh badavar. If you don't insert any addition, if you aren't able to create a personal tefillah, then it is called a tefillah skeva, and it is seen as inferior. Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef seem to propose, at least vis-a-vis Shimon Esrei, changing the text, and changing the text to avoid the routinization of davening, to avoid the davening known as keva. The Gemara actually records a very ambivalent statement of Reb Zera. Amar Reb Zera, Reb Zera, having heard Rabbin of Yosef's statement, Reb Zera said, I 
and someone who is able to, in theory, add elements to my tefillah, or mistafina, dilma matridna. But I'm hesitant because somehow I will lose my focus. Somehow my tefillah overall will suffer. So again, there's an ambiguity to Zerah's statement, or an ambivalence. On the one end, he is pr- supporting, endorsing Rabbi Nabi Yosef's intention. On the other hand, he, he worries, not necessarily a theological worry, but a practical worry that too much attempted creativity would disrupt the mental focus of tefillah. But at least in the Bavli, Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, they argue with the Rav and the Rabbanon, but they seem to propose the notion of Chidush Davar as a refreshing agent to tefillah to avoid this monotonous, monolithic, day-to-day tefillah. The Shalmi in Brachos is a bit more assertive. Rabbi Avo cites Rabbi Eliezer, the Shalmi in Brachos, Perak Dalet, Halacha Dalet, you shouldn't just be davening as if you're reading a letter or a prepared text. It's not clear what aspect of Igeres Rabbi Avo was, uh, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Avo, the name of Rabbi Lezer was opposed to. Is it the nonchalance of reading a personal letter or the routinization of reading a prepared text that's so familiar to you? But here as well, Rabbi Acha cites Rabbi Yossi, a person should innovate an element of his tefillah every day. And interestingly enough, the model for innovation in tefillah is none other than Achitofel. Achitofel haya mispalel shalosh tefillos chadashos bechol yom. Now, Achitofel is not necessarily um, a precedent that we want to imitate at least in all of Achitofel's um, behavior. So by introducing Achitofel rather than a more traditionally accepted scriptural figure, the Gemara is inherently lacing this question with ambiguity, with murkiness. Yishami then cites a Bizera again, who, who records that in his attempts to innovate tefillah, he met with... Uh, challenge and complication and therefore he returns to Rebbelazah's original statement in the Yishami as long as you're not reading it letter-like as long as there's a passion there's an emotional attitudinal um, energy and then the Yishami finally quotes Rebbe Eliezer not Rebbelazah but Rebbe Eliezer Hayam mispalel tefillah chadasha bechol yom Sachitofel would Davin would pray three unique, creative, personal tefillahs each day. Rabbi Ezer would at least strive for one, perhaps sensitive to Rabbi Zera's worry that too much creativity would be disruptive. But what's fascinating about all these Gemaras, both the position of Rab, Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef in the Bavli and the multitude of positions in the Shalmi, is that the theologically troubling aspects of innovating Shevach don't seem to concern Chazal. What concerns them more is, or are technical, practical concerns. Will the attempt at personalizing tefillah, will that attempt be disruptive to the overall flow and continuity of tefillah? Again, halachically, we're very wary of changing our tefillahs, whether it's the Shevach of Pesukit Zimra, or of Halal in that respect, or the request-based tefillah of Shimon Esrei, 
Though Shmonesri does create frameworks, primarily the framework of Shema Koleinu, the post-Shmonesri framework of Elokai, Nitzor, Lashoni, Meira, that do allow insertions, we're very wary of altering the base text. And again, this is an issue that has attracted much scorn and ridicule from non-Orthodox circles. How could your tefillah be passionate? How could your tefillah be energetic if it's so regimented, if it's the same words day in, day out, ancient words of the men of the Great Assembly? And our response continues to be that though we do attempt to infuse our tefillahs with the spirit and the passion of Tachanunim, we try to avoid as best we can this view of tefillah as a burden. On the other hand, the strict regimentation of tefillah, whether it's Shevach or Bakasha, speaks to the transcendence of the encounter and preserves its transcendence that we stand in front of the Melech Malachim Lachim. We don't just ad lib at will.